0: Yeah. Baltimoreans is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find, find more podcasts like this at baltimoresportsreport.com. You're listening for the 100th time to Baltimoreans, <laughs> the home of, of a mountain of bullshit and also the all-weather fan. <laughs> My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid.
1: Baltimoreans. Hello Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? Episode 100, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. We are still here. When you count up all of the sub-episodes and the games we've called and that this that and the other, we've talked into these microphones for something approximating 7,000 minutes. My goodness. Or about 2 Red Sox Yankees games. Bam! Boom! Boom! Still got it, Sam. <laughs> Still got it even though we are a century old. <laughs> <laughs> Still got it whatever it is. <laughs> Since we started Baltimoreans, and I don't want to take too much credit here, but science is science. The Orioles have gone 226 and 185, good for a .547 winning percentage. What we're saying here basically is you're welcome, Baltimoreans. You're welcome.
0: We we
1: did that. We we feel pretty happy to take credit for it. Now, we will later on this show uh, get into some very celebratory 100-episode type stuff. Uh, some of our favorite guests will be stopping by. Uh, we're going to hear from Dan Duquette. And um, <clears throat> we're also going to be counting down the 100 top reasons to be an Orioles fan.
0: Yes, the theme of our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is 100 reasons to be an Orioles fan. And we got a great number of those reasons from you, the Baltimoreans. So thank you very, very much for responding to our call for submissions. We're going to be sharing those submissions with you later in the program. But before we get to that, it's important to remember that no episode of Baltimoreans would be complete without our most popular recurring segment, the Don Larson Franchise Report. Don Larson, as alert listeners are already aware, started the first ever game for the team after it became the Baltimore Orioles in 1954, pitching eight innings of three-hit ball against the Detroit Tigers on April 13th, 1954. Don was, of course, the first in a long line of pitchers who found their greatest successes after leaving the (laughs) Orioles, a lineage which begins with Larson and stretches across the sands of time to Kurt Schilling, Mike Mussina, and apparently... Jake Arietta. Oh boy.
1: Episode number one on the Don Larson franchise report is another pitcher who we hope spends his entire career in the black and orange, but right now is getting jerked around a little bit. Kevin Gossman, after another pretty good start, is once again on the bus back to Triple A. Sam, how should I feel about this?
0: You should feel as though you have been wandering in the desert. <laughs> And just as you think you're about to drop dead, you come upon a cactus, bursting, it seems, with water. And you think to yourself, no, 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 this can't be. And you see that the cactus is real, and there's a stone buried in the sand. And you pick up the stone, and the stone is glowing, and it's shimmering. Even though though it's just bright sun, somehow there are shadows, and all of these beautiful patterns, and swirling, almost mystical, Elements to the stone. Whoa. And you think to yourself, what does this mean? That stone is Buck Showalter's brain. <laughs> Kevin Gosman is the cactus. Okay. And the thing about Kevin Gosman being sent up and down repeatedly, despite the fact that with the exception of one or two starts this year, he has been, I would say, dominant yep. against very good teams, is that. I think we just need to remember that we don't know as much about managing young players as Buck Showalter does. One of the things that came up when we had Pat Jordan on the show and we talked to him about the way he's managed Manny Machado is that we got these little tastes of what it's like in the Orioles' clubhouse when Buck interacts with players. And we saw at the height of his success last year, Manny had a whole bunch of guys gathered around him. He was kind of holding court with his entourage, and Buck came over to him and said, Hey, would you want to be with those guys in a foxhole? And I think that's what he's doing with Gaussman. He's saying, look, I know Mm. you're really talented, but you have to consider the larger team context here, which is that not all of our pitchers are always able to go deep in games. We need to make sure we have a robust bullpen. Because of the way the rules of the game are structured, you have minor league options, and we need to use those options so that we can always make sure to have a really good bullpen. And... I'm going to be riding you hard down the stretch of the season in a way that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to ride Wei-Yin Chen, in mm-hmm. a way that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to ride Bud Norris, who have somewhat injury-prone histories. Do we think that
1: uh, Buck is taking Gossman aside and saying these things to him?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think Buck knows potential when he sees it, and he knows how to bring that potential along.
1: I think, uh, I think you've convinced me. So my my previous ranking was going to be a a challenge on a clear out at first base, which was then upheld by the challenge booth as a clear out at first base. A needless delay of the inevitable. (laughs) Uh, But it seems to me that... You, you do you do raise a good point, and Gossman is probably being used in a intelligent way. What I have become frustrated with is that there's sort of a different reason for it every single time he gets sent back down that we hear, um, and this time it was innings pitched and uh, an overall innings cap, and previously it's been uh, rotation things that are, are given, which seem to me to be kind of unimportant reasons to the overall development of Gossman as a pitcher, and frankly, development of the Orioles' attempts at winning the American League East this year. I'm very excited because it seems like a lot of pitchers in the Orioles' rotation now are kind of getting their shit together because they know that Gossman's knocking on the door.
0: Item number two on the Don Larson franchise report is the announcement today that Masahiro Tanaka the phenom Japanese import for the New York Yankees has been placed on the 15-day disabled list with what the team is now calling right elbow inflammation, but there seems to be some indication that it might it could worsen into something more dire. Alan Smith, thought, what is your ranking of the Masahiro Tanaka injury revelation?
1: I'm going to give this the sense of schadenfreude that <laughs> I felt <laughs> watching the... Brazilian team that I grew up fearing and respecting and admiring more than anything else on earth get shredded, shredded by the blitzkrieg of the German attack, which is a complicated set of emotions here because <laughs> it starts out with joy and it starts out with excitement because I'm excited that this this bugaboo, this demon is put in its place. And then it ends with a feeling of sadness and a little bit of sorrow because I didn't want Tanaka to get hurt. I wanted him to get hit. I Mm. wanted him to go through the rotation a second time. I wanted him to see all these teams that he's been dominating the first time out. And I wanted him to plummet back to earth. Mm -hmm. And it was looking like he was starting to do that. His last four, three of his last four outings have not been as good. He lost. He started to lose a little bit of success. He's not making it as deep into games. People are not striking out as wildly. It turns out when Major League batters get another look at him, they slow down a little bit. They take a moment and they can hit his shit because right. they're Major League batters. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, it's inevitable that eventually he will get hit. And I was looking forward to that bloom coming off the rose from a performance perspective. And now it sort of happened in this weird injury way. Much like I feel like the Brazilian team, it sort of happened in this weird injury way that I enjoyed it for a second. And then at the end of it, I just felt kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Like it really wasn't fun to watch that game because
0: seven, seven goals... It's right. just absurd. So that so this is interesting to me. What you what you don't like about the Tanaka injury is that it's making you reckon with this part of yourself that is out for blood against this human being who you've never met who because of the uniform that he wears represents a standard of evil exactly exactly and in
1: fact when i stop and think about it i didn't want the man to be hurt i just wanted him to get beat up a little bit
0: (laughs) (laughs) within the confines of the game right of course of course of course (laughs) um well i am going to give this a bullet-ridden american flag on a solitary (laughs) hill uh, and that hill is 161st Street in the Bronx, and the flag is Joe Girardi.
1: Actually, now- surprisingly enough, the flag is also held by Brian Roberts, <laughs> the
0: only one still standing. <laughs> if, you, if you bet that Masahiro Tanaka would get injured before Brian Roberts, you have just won a pizza. The reason I say Joe Girardi is a bullet-riddled American flag standing upon a solitary hill um, is because I think it's time for us to collectively acknowledge as a nation that Joe Girardi is a remarkable baseball manager <laughs> he really is I mean last year when he had the Yankees in contention until down the stretch we said Joe Girardi is a very good manager but this year if you take a look <laughs> at the both the offense and the pitching lines that's some smoke and motherfucking mirrors that, it, that is I mean there there are just gashes and and weeping wounds <laughs> All up and down that roster, it's at, amazing. At a cost of of millions and millions of dollars per strikeout or walk, it's just an absolute massacre. And yet, entering play tonight, he's got them two games over five hundred. They're only three and a half back in the division. They are still, as we roll tape tonight, in the thick of it. And mm-hmm. Joe Girardi is a huge part of that he gets every last drop out of this roster for a long time it's been very difficult to deal with the fact that as much as I hate the Yankees there's really nothing to dislike about Derek Jeter Mm. Uh, he just seems like a class act who plays the game really well and always does the thing that if you were a fan of the team you want most to happen And I think it's time to shift, as Orioles fans, Joe Girardi into that kind of begrudging respect category.
1: Item number three on the Don Larson Franchise Report. We sit today on July 9th. uh, Three games in first place. Uh, The Blue Jays appear to be in a tailspin. The Yankees, as we've just mentioned, appear to be limping, limping along um, and miraculously still on their feet. The Red Sox became sellers today and appear to have cashed in on the season. And the Rays are so far behind that even if they do continue their recently refound winning ways, they have a lot of ground to cover. Sam, how should we feel about
0: apparently being the odds on favorites to win the American League East? I think we should feel like sculptors who have had a vision in our minds for a long time and finally one day sat down at a giant brick of sheer marble and chipped away, and chipped away, and chipped away a little bit every day. And every day we'd wake up and we'd look at the slab of marble and it would just look like marble with a bunch of dings and dents in it. And one day we woke up and we looked at it and it was the Michelangelo. I think that's what's going on with the Orioles right now. Uh, I think objectively, no matter how you look at it, this team, it's fair to say, has a clear path to a division title if they can continue to play the way they're playing right now. Now, it's also worth mentioning that all of the cataclysmic injuries and bad luck that the other teams in the division uh, have had could happen to us just as easily. But I think the advantage that the Orioles have is, as we were talking about before we started recording tonight, Alan, many of the things that could have gone wrong for the Orioles have gone wrong. The pitching at various points, hasn't showed up. The uh, overall low on base percentage and free-swinging ways have taken us out of a lot of rallies. And then there have been things that we couldn't have predicted that have happened. Matt Weiders is out for the season with a Tommy John surgery. Not one of our pitchers. Our everyday catcher... That's weird. ...who's the best defensive catcher in the American League and one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. The man who hit 53 home runs for us last year is batting below the Mendoza line. (laughs) Exactly. So I think when you look at the Orioles, there's actually still a lot of upside left. Yeah, we still have some bullets in the gun. There aren't a lot of Hail Marys left to be thrown for the other teams in the division, whereas we still have a whole bunch of other plays that we can run. When you look at the fact that We have a lot of games left against what this year turns out to be a very weak division. All of a sudden, the pendulum starts to to shift into our favor a little bit. And that's to say nothing of the fact that the team is really starting to find its own rhythm and its own groove and is is building momentum without any external factors. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, uh, speaking of crafting a beautiful sculpture out of stone. The man who I think a lot of people would agree is the artisan behind the Michelangelo of the 2014 Orioles is here tonight at Hootenanny Studios, actually. Uh, He decided to leave the the Baltimore area due to the inclement weather. Um, And and Dan Duquette, as he has several times in the past, is going to join us tonight, right after the break. There's never a wish better than this.
2: When you
3: only got a hundred years to live.
1: You're listening to Baltimore Ons, the home of the all-weather fan. This is Alan Smith, and we are excited to welcome Dan Duquette, who, when he heard we were about to hit our hundredth episode, insisted that he come on to commemorate the moment.
0: Well, uh, Alan, as you know, the number 100 has always been very special to me. The location for the Dan Duquette Sports Academy, nestled as it is in lovely Hinsdale, Mass., was chosen in part for the fact that it's situated on 100 acres of land whose shape just happened to be exactly the same proportional dimensions as those of Fenway Park. I did not know that. Of course, there's also my Dan Duquette 100 Top Prospects list. I call them the Danchurian. These are the players who are piped directly into the waiver wire alarm that I keep by my side day and night. Just recently, for example, Danchurium23, Greg Dobbs, got assigned to the Nationals AAA affiliate. You suppose they might be open to a deal?
3: I-I-I
0: don't know, Dan, but isn't he 35 years old? Alan, a good utility man, it's a lot like seasonal allergies, like hay fever. It just gets a little better over time, and science can't explain why. So, who else, dare I ask, is in your Danturian? Well, I could tell you that, but then I'd have to leave you watching an endless loop of the Boston roster I assembled, finally putting things together and winning two World Series after I was unceremoniously let go. What? Kill you, Alan. I'd have to kill you. But, while I can't give you the entire list, I can tell you that Robert Coelho is prominently featured.
1: Good God. Well, (laughs) thank you for joining us, as always, Dan, and, um... (laughs)
0: There's the sweet sound of opportunity now! It appears that A.J. Przinski has just been designated for assignment.
1: Oh, gross. Couldn't you, like, try to swing a trade for David Price, maybe, instead?
0: Alan, 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 clearly you didn't listen to my number one single from earlier this year, Dan Duquette's Thrift Shop. Andrew Friedman telling me that he won't be selling me. David Price when all I'm offering is Ryan Flaherty up- (coughs)
1: Uh, Excuse me, folks. I'm coughing because right after Dan played that clip from his hit single, Dan Duquette's Thrift Shop, he appears to have dropped a smoke bomb. Um, The mists are the clearing here, though, and, well, he's gone. He's gone. The station window here at Hootenanny Studios is wide open, however, and it definitely wasn't before... Um, in other news, strangely enough, Sam does
0: appear to have returned to the studio. Yep, I'm here. Hi, Alan. Uh, you'll never believe what happened while I was doing my weekly shift announcing the WALT Evening Traffic Report. I reach behind the soundboard in Studio E, where I keep a surreptitiously concealed flask of Jefferson's Reserve. That does help with traffic. And the flask had been replaced with this cassette tape. Huh. Now, it's marked PA6914. And I'm not sure, Smith, but I have a sneaking suspicion that I've stumbled upon yet another installment of Peter Angelos' secret audio diary. Let's take a listen. June 19th,
1: 2014. 8.16 a.m. Has come to my attention that after tonight's bout with the Red Sox of Boston, there are exactly 100 games left in this season. 100 more contests of strength before before another season slips into the darkness. Why, when I was a child, a single baseball game could seem to last for years. Now dozens flip by in the time it takes to get the oil changed on my 963 ATS 2500 GT 3.0 liter coupe. As anyone with an eye for finer things in life knows, there are but 10 of those cars in existence. I've had offers to purchase mine that would dwarf the GDP of more than a few island nations that I can name, oh, let me tell you. Yet, yet I've always kept the car. It was on its roomy hood that I first copulated with the mad temptress, Felicity Pottsworth, and I've kept it ever since as a secret memento. Perhaps it is foolish to hold on to such a relic, as I have no idea... If Felicity has carried the same torch for me all these years. Still, it does bring me some little confidence to know that I can still enter its warm, leather interior and tool up and down the coasts of eastern Maryland. The wind whipping in my hair, the smell of the sea in my nostrils. Well, that's all the time I have for now. Perhaps I will record more this evening after our cuts with the Beantown Boys.
3: Always been alive. Oh my soul, 100 million years.
1: All right, enough fiddle ride. faddle because here we are at episode 100, which, as we promised you at the top of the show, will contain the top 100 reasons that it's awesome to be a Baltimore Orioles fan.
0: Now, you may not realize this, but you have already heard the first five of those reasons. As alert listeners noticed in the previous segment, Dan Duquette shared two reasons to be an Orioles fan. One being the sweeping vistas of the Dan Duquette Baseball Academy in Hinsdale, Mass., and mm-hmm. the other being the Churian, his list of top prospects. Sure. Now, Peter Angelos shared three reasons that he is an Orioles fan. <laughs> those being his car, the mad temptress Felicity Pottsworth, and the east coast of Maryland. I would say those are all compelling
1: reasons to be Baltimore Orioles fans, but the majority of the remaining reasons in our top 100... Come from you, the Baltimoreans. Now we asked you all on Twitter to send us your favorite things about loving this frequently unlovable team, and folks, you all came through in spades. So, starting from 95, here are the rest of the top 100 reasons to be a Baltimore Orioles fan. <laughs>
0: Reason number 95 comes to us from Twitter user Karen412O, who says amazing photo ops. And she includes pictures of her with Orioles players Henry Urrutia, Steve Clevenger, and Troy Patton. Number 94. As anyone who listens to this program frequently knows, we're big
1: fans of Henry Urrutia here at Baltimore Ons, And this picture of him with Karen412O appears to have been taken at Oriole Park. This is probably the closest he'll get to a major league
0: field in 2014. Reason number 93 comes to us from Twitter user JessMichelle24. She says simply, the history, especially Cal Ripken.
1: Reason number 92, this made Sam and I think about the fact that the Orioles have, across history, rostered some of the truly greatest players of all time, as well as some of the most unbelievably frustrating. Looking at you, Kevin Gregg, and you, Felix Pierre, and you, Sidney Ponsoon,
0: and you, Rocky Coppinger, And okay, moving on. Reason number 91, the simplicity of let's go O's makes it insanely easy to get a chant going, which comes to us from Wes Smiley on Twitter. Number 90, reason number 90, simply put Joe Angel from Tom Lathram on Twitter. Now reason number 89, of course, is our collective ability as listeners to recognize that Fred Manfra on the other hand, should be nowhere near (laughs) a top 100 reasons to be an Orioles fan list. Reason number 88,
1: Boogs Barbecue.
0: And reason number 87, we have the best and least stereotypical logo. Both of those suggestions coming to us from at NickInMotion on Twitter. The logo reminded us of of reason number 86, the
1: winning percentage associated with Cartoon Bird, which is 557 compared to the Ornithological Bird
0: at 479. From at FirstDegreeWerder on Twitter, reason number 85, Jesse James Hardy Robin bass hits all day long. For reason number
1: 84, we go to the phones and Scott Magnus from Bird's Eye View.
0: Gentlemen, this is Scott Magnus from Bird's Eye View. I just want to congratulate you for your 100th episode and uh, for at least having 10 of those episodes probably being baseball related. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm an Orioles
3: fan is that I love lovable losers. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. <laughs>
0: Reason number 83, of course, is the fact that we follow a team that raises enough psychological and cultural questions that a podcast about them only needs to reference the on-field product about one in ten times out. Reason number 82,
1: the Oriole Bird is a pretty cool guy. That's from Twitter user It's Me Jen Lovett, and she included a lovely picture of her with the bird in question.
0: Our next two reasons come from At Elevator Doors, who says number 81, the crab fries at Camden Yards, and number 80, the tours on off days at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Reason number 79
1: yelling oh during the national anthem that comes from at billy love at 12 and a lot of other orioles fans out there on the twitterverse
0: of course reason number 78 is the look of scorn you get when you yell oh during the national anthem at sporting events where the orioles are not even playing
1: <laughs> number 77 joe angel makes his second appearance on the list with a tweet from claude cat 17 appreciating his
0: Signature home run call, wave it bye bye. Reason number 76 comes to us from at gill 72 and that is not being a Yankees fan. Interestingly enough, reason number
1: 75 from at SamarCollin2 highlights the fact of not being a Red Sox fan.
0: And reason number 74, of course, is the smug pride you can claim if you're a DC or Virginia O's fan from before the Nationals existed and didn't jump ship like a sane human being once the Nationals existed. Speaking of the Red Sox, at Sam
1: Abate reminds us that number se- reason number 73 for being an Orioles fan is a simple date, 9, 28, 2011,
0: never forget. Reason number 72, the community. The fan base is almost like a family. So says at Ellie May T. Speaking of family, speaking of family,
1: 71, 70, 69, and 68 come to you from the English family. Hi, what's your name?
0: Henry. How old are you, Henry? 3. What's the best part about being an Orioles fan? Um,
3: Manny Machado winning.
0: Manny Machado winning?
3: Yeah. Hi, what's your name? Maddie.
0: How old are you, Maddie? 6. What is the best part of being an Orioles fan?
3: Well, I I like to sing bird is the word.
0: How does that go?
2: the best thing about Orioles baseball is 13 guaranteed dates with my husband over the course of the summer.
0: Sam and Alan, congratulations on the 100th episode of Baltimore Ons. You guys are the best. My reason for being an Orioles fan is that I can share
1: it with the people I care about the most. Oh my god, that's so adorable. <sighs> okay. Sam, it's going to be hard to go anywhere after that, but we've got 67 slots
0: left to go, so we don't really have a lot of choice. (laughs) Thank you very much to the English family. That is, of course, the family of Jake English, the co-host with Scott Menace of the very fine Bird's Eye View podcast. Reason number 67. We are the only team that frequently relies on magic and even has a song about it. That one comes to us also from At Nick in Motion. Which reminds us that reason number 66 is that song is not written by Neil Diamond. Reason number 65, natty bow, baby. That's from at real Ryan XI. Reason number 64 is the ability as a community to recognize that
1: National Bohemian is a terrible beer, which tastes terribly good
0: within the friendly confines of Orioles Park at Camden Yards. Reason number 63, the Orioles got me into this frustrating, exciting, heartbreaking, uplifting, stupid, beautiful game. That's from at proud turtle on Twitter. Reason 62. Gotta love rooting for a team that needs the supernatural on their side, says at @guadzilla. Reason number 61, the fact that our supernatural powers come from a catchy song and not from millions of dollars paid to an eccentric Russian named Vladimir Shpunt, who claimed to be a spirit healer and was on the Los Angeles Dodgers payroll during the McCourt era. <laughs> Reason number 60, at @guadzilla also says that in our top 100 should probably be our subreddit,
1: slash r slash orioles, which routinely has 500 plus comments for a game thread
0: truly a family. Reason number 59 would be the realization for the Baltimoreans that after calling two Orioles games in full radio broadcast style, we forgot to post the link to the stream of those broadcasts on the Orioles subreddit where there would, at least theoretically, perhaps be some interest in what we're up to. <laughs> oh, well. Reason number 58... Charm City Chick says it's fun
1: to watch these days because they win, but 20 losing seasons makes it a little hard to jack up ticket prices.
0: Reason number 57, Chris Tillman SK ads. That one comes from Tunt Jimelson. Reason number 56, puzzling over the
1: contrast between the flat monotone in which most Oriole players read ad copy and answer questions in post-game interviews compared to the tone that they appear to set in the dugout and
0: clubhouse in terms of friendships and celebrations. Reason number 55, your wins are euphoric as opposed to merely expected. The journey as opposed to that of a perennial favorite is one of highs and lows. That's Godzilla yet again.
1: Reason number fifty-four: the
0: second roller coaster of the Orioles season. When will Adam Jones deliver that pie? Reason number fifty-three: getting to go to games at Camden Yards. So says at Connor Gordon. Reason number fifty-two is another audio clip. This one from Matt Soroka, who agrees
3: with Connor. One of my favorite things about being an Orioles fan is going to Oriole Park at Camden Yards. There is something about just going to a baseball game, sitting in the stands on a warm June night the sight of everyone wearing orange as I looked down a meticulously cared for baseball field. The sounds of people all around me talking about life and talking about baseball, only to be occasionally interrupted by that pleasantly obnoxious barbender. Hearing the, oh, shouted during the national anthem along with 35,000 other fans who have all gathered here for the same purpose. The smell as you walk past Boobs' barbecue as you become momentarily torn, and then eventually give in to buying that overpriced pit beef sandwich, and then to go along with that overpriced sandwich, the taste of an overpriced watered down beer, but no one judges you because they're all doing the same thing, and for once that Miller Lite actually tastes pretty good. Yes, going to a game is one of the greatest experiences of being a baseball fan to experience all of these wonderful sensations before the game itself has actually even started. This is what I love about being an Orioles fan.
1: And Matt Troka from Section 336 clearly trying
0: to show us up there. <laughs> Reason number 51, the best part of being an O's fan is loving a team who's a team. The Orioles are baseball to me. Hashtag Texas is Birdland. That's from Selena Summers, and thank you for listening from Texas. Selena? Reason number 50 comes from a similar part of the heart, if
1: not a similar part of the country. My favorite part of being an Orioles fan out here in PA is running into someone with an O's hat and knowing that they care about Jonesy swinging at low and away sliders and Crush's struggles and why Gosman keeps moving up and down and that Markeka should have been an all-star by now and the league is just mean. That's from Charlie Hoppus of Orioles Spastics.
0: Reason number 49 Orioles parody accounts. And by this I mean at fake buck and at seductive Tommy H. That's from at section 336. Number 48 I think at drunk Gary Thorne has to be
1: up there too. That's from at Donnie Ross.
0: I think Donnie's referring to the style in which the actual Gary Thorne broadcasts games, but number 47 has got to be the fact that Gary Thorne appears to literally be drunk during a significant portion of the time he's broadcasting said games. Number 46, from at Be More Dave S, agrees. He says, Gary Thorne, hashtag Norfolk stand up. Reason number 45, this. Which then includes a link to one of those wonderful pictures of Buck's very strange little smiles that he gives from the dugout sometimes. That's also from Tunt Jemelson. Number 44. Buck's
1: dugout antics in general, frankly. Although the ignoring someone after they break a homeless drought thing may be
0: getting a little bit old, Buck. Reason number 43. Representing by wearing some of the best-looking jerseys in the league. That's also from Connor Gordon. Reason number 42. Let's check in with the 336
1: boys again, and this time, Burt Rohde.
0: Hey, this is the Zany Burt Roadie from Section 336. One of the best reasons to be an Orioles fan, in my humble opinion, is the cartoon bird. The ornithologically correct bird was a cool change of pace when it reappeared on the Orioles caps for the 1989 season, but there were very few good seasons under that lid. Nowadays, when I see that cap, all I can think about is Jay Gibbons, Larry Bigby, Sidney Ponson, and 14 consecutive years in the gutter. When the cartoon bird came back in 2012, Not only did Orioles' magic return with an exciting playoff run, but the cartoon bird made it cool to wear an O's cap again. I love that Oriole bird. That's another one from the Section 336 boys, one of our Sister Wife podcasts on the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Reason number 41, seeing all the orange on Utah Street on game days. That's from Orioles Memes.
1: Which, of course, reminds us that reason number 40 is collectively seething about all the red and or all the pinstripes on Utah Street on game day.
0: Reason number 39, all the losing years made the winning ones that much more awesome. That's from Gucci 69 Reason number 38, all the losing years prompted us to cultivate other interests, you know, like needlepoint, stamp collecting, things like that. Alan really does have a, a very lovely needlepoint collection. Truth. Reason number 37, the best thing about being an O's fan, you can wear black and orange on more than just Halloween. That's from Tammy313. Reason number 36,
1: it's nice that an Orioles jersey
0: no longer doubles as a terrifying fright gag. Reason number 35, um, Lowe's ass. That's from esoteric Twitter user, at Low please. <laughs> number 34, in that same vein,
1: Watching Tommy Hunter's seductive longing gaze as he turns to watch the ball soar
0: magically over the fence. Reason number 33, Jim Palmer color commentary. That's once again from Tom Lathroom. Reason number 32, did you know that Jim Palmer has never given up a grand slam? And reason number 31, let's hear from Josh Sroka.
2: This is Josh from section 336. And what I love about being a Baltimore Oriole fan is the Orioles are not just a team we watch on TV and cheer for in the stadium. It's not just a logo or baseball players we look up to, but it's it's family. Many of us were raised by going to Memorial Stadium and eventually Oriole Park at Candom Yards. It's how we learn to communicate with our dads, our neighbors. It's how we talk to strangers. It's engraved in our hearts. Birdland truly is wherever Oriole fans are. And we show our appreciation to the Orioles by naming our pets after Cal Ripken and Manny Machado. We name our children after Camden Yards or after Brooks Robinson because that's how you show someone that you love them. You pass that on from generation to generation. Orange is not just the color of the giveaway T-shirts. It's the color of our blood. It's our memories. It's our father. It's our lives. And this truly is Birdland.
0: Woo! All right, everybody. Well, that's going to do it for all the submissions we got On Twitter and over email, both from our listeners and from our fellow podcasters at the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Thank you so much to all of you for sending those in. But we still have 30 more to go, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, these last few are going to be ones that Alan and I just came up with ourselves. So here we go. Reason number 30, Cal Ripken's jog around the field after the 2,131st consecutive game that he played in where it seemed like he was taking a second to personally thank each and every fan for supporting him During the streak. Reason number 29. As you know, Sam,
1: I am something of a history buff, and it was 250 years ago that the Archdiocese of Maryland was founded. On that day, when the doors opened for the first time, a little known fact a Baltimore Oriole actually flew into the church and crapped on the altar. (laughs) Turns out to have been a hashtag lucky poop. As all these years later, the Archdiocese remains open. And that, as it turns out, is one of the reasons they continue to sponsor the
0: club. (laughs) Reason number 28 would be that the Orioles do not play God Bless America during the seventh inning stretch at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Uh, I think that's really great because I think the song God Bless America is somewhat exclusionary to people who are not of the Christian faith. Um, Baseball is the national pastime for all of America, not just people who are Christians. And I appreciate that the Orioles have this subtle way of acknowledging that.
1: Reason number 27, the New York Yankees. Stick with me for a second here, people.
0: Okay, I'm about to kick you out of the studio.
1: Is there any better thing than the collective hatred that the New York Yankees inspires, not just in Baltimore fans, but in people around the country? (laughs) I love the fact that we have a nemesis and that they are evil in every single way, in every single direction. I think that makes rooting for baseball all the more fun.
0: Reason number 26, I like that the Orioles do play, thank God I'm a country boy, during the seventh inning stretch at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, because Baltimore is manifestly not the country. (laughs) Reason number 25,
1: Manny Machado, it's very interesting for me that I am now rooting for someone who is clearly of a younger generation than I am. And while that's been subtly happening over the years, as I get closer and closer to having both feet in the grave, it is lovely to think about the fact that I am watching an entirely new generation of baseball come up through the personages of young Mr.
0: Machado. Reason number 24 would be the complexity of the Peter Angelos experience. (laughs) Uh, I just think there is so much to talk about with Peter Angelos. Uh, Obviously, we've, we've all been really upset in the past about what is perceived as a certain amount of stinginess he's had with regard to signing high-priced free agents. At the same time, we've covered extensively on this show, and it gets talked about a lot elsewhere, how evil, like bone evil, (laughs) like dyed-in-the-teeth evil the owners of so many other teams are. These these guys who do horrible things in their private lives. And Peter Angelos, if you look at it, actually stands for a lot of really great stuff as a citizen, and I think there are a lot of things about the way he runs the orioles that are pretty admirable
1: number 23 is actually for me going back into the annals of history because i found this other little piece of copy that i think is really interesting uh, apparently this is an, uh, one of the original ads uh, print ad for the baltimore orioles for every walk drawn by the orioles this season the masons of maryland will give one penny to harriet tubman's underground railroad masons of maryland walking us to justice one step at a time
0: reason number 22 rex barney r.i.p rex barney But uh, if you ever had the the privilege of going to a game at Memorial Stadium or Oriole Park when Rex Barney was the public address announcer and got uh, got to hear him say, give that fan a contract on a particularly good (laughs) stab on a foul ball and ending every single sentence with that famous, thank you, was a really, really special thing. Reason number 21,
1: the city of Baltimore. There are a lot of American cities that have fallen down. In the last 30 years and i think it is to baltimore's great credit that it has gotten back up
0: reason number 20 the oriole way i think we can all uh disagree or agree about what we think the oriole way actually is but you don't really hear about a padre way you don't really (laughs) hear about a Rockies way there's a marlin's way but it's only said ironically (laughs) reason number 19 interestingly enough for me
1: is mr earl weaver um Who I think, in many ways, embodies the Oriole way, and for me, embodies the notion of playing a sport the right way.
0: Reason number nineteen, I love so much when you're at a game at Oriole Park at Camden Yards and there's a play where you're not sure if it's going to be a hit or an error, and when the official scorer decides what he wants to call it, if it's a hit they flash the H in the the of the sun on the main scoreboard the Baltimore Sun ad, and if it's an error they flash the E. That's just such a cool little thing, it's great Reason number 18 for me is the
1: mental paradox that Nelson Cruz represents, because for me he is baseball in the sense that uh, if he were on any other team, I know that I would be casting aspersions and muttering under my breath, but because he's an Oriole, I have completely, and this comes from the heart, embraced him.
0: Reason number 17, uh, those adorably tone-deaf Royal Farms radio ads featuring, <laughs> among other things, the adventures of the Coffee Detective, who's this character <laughs> who apparently roams the suburbs of Maryland looking for the best deli coffee. It's so not funny that it's funny funny and endearing and it's like trying way too hard to do something that's not that important, which I think <laughs> is a perfect metaphor for the Orioles.
1: Reason number 16, did you know Baltimoreans that Orioles manager Jimmy Dykes was actually accused of being a communist by Joseph McCarthy in 1954? This was part and parcel of the experience of that year for the Orioles, as the red menace became such a focal point for an ever more maniacal fear of the communal that Dykes was laid low due to his all for one and one for all speeches to rally the O's. Clearly, the records of the year, which was 54 and 100 in our opening year in Baltimore, (laughs) was a part of being accused
0: thusly. (laughs) Reason number 15. Uh, Merit-based contract extensions. I think the Orioles, as frustrated as we get with them sometimes for not being willing to lay out the big money, when they do, it's usually for somebody who has really proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, an Adam Jones, a Buck Showalter, a Nick Marcakis, that they are rock solid from a talent perspective, they have a strong commitment to the community, and that they really believe in winning in Baltimore. And I would much rather that we spend our money on those people than on these speculative... Uh, you know, Brian McCann, Jacoby Ellsbury type deals. Reason number 14,
1: the stereotype about us as Orioles fans. Now, if you Google stereotypes of Orioles fans, here's what you come up with. Quote, a dedicated, knowledgeable fan base who's been worn down by decades of crappy baseball. That's awesome. (laughs) Think about what you Google when you... Think about what you get when you Google Red Sox fans, Padres fans yankees fans and compare it in your mind for a second
0: and make sure to turn on the safe search <laughs> setting on google when you do that reason number 13 uh i would like to say uh, the opportunity to collaborate with my good friend alan smith uh it has been um a really interesting experience alan and i have known each other for a long time but doing this show together has i think unlocked another level of our uh, relationship with each other and allowed us to really engage in a way that we wouldn't have otherwise and it comes from this shared love of this this wonderful thing and uh it's it's just a really delightful aspect of all of this that i never could have anticipated
1: Reason number 12, and Baltimore you're not going to believe that Sam and I did not collaborate on this list beforehand, (laughs) is honestly, I swear to God, Sam Dingman. (laughs) I feel the same way, and I feel as though my uh, understanding and love of the game of baseball has been uh, completely and totally enhanced by getting to do this with you. And I also feel, much like Josh Shroka, that baseball is about family, and I very much appreciate getting to be a part of your family in that way.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Reason number 11. I love being a part of the drama of the AL East. Uh, one of the most wonderful things about being an Orioles fan is that no matter how bad the team is, you get to say, yeah, but they're playing in the AL East.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Reason number 10. Did you know, Sam, that in 1977, Earl Weaver was playing poker with the great, great, great grandson of, Will- of German immigrant William Schuldenberg? That's right. Those of you who immediately identified that name as the founder of the SK Hot Dog Company are correct, and it's because James Shoulderberg went all-in against the great Earl Weaver in a heads-up poker match that fateful evening that we now have SK Hot Dogs as the proud supporter of your Baltimore Orioles.
0: (laughs) Reason number—I am learning so much from you tonight. (laughs) Reason number nine, the authenticity of our fan base— Uh, When is the last time you heard somebody say bandwagon Oriole fan? (laughs) Those words, I just said those words in that order for the first time. It's true. Reason number eight, Adam Jones
1: still swinging at that low and f***ing away slider. Now here's why. (laughs) (laughs) Because Adam Jones reminds us that even if you are an all-star, even if you are at the top of your game, even if you are leading a major league professional sports franchise to glory, there's always room for improvement. (laughs)
0: That is a very generous interpretation (laughs) of that horrible propensity of his. Reason number seven, I like that we have broadcasters both on television and on the radio who talk. They do their homework. They have production teams that give them stuff to say. They say it. They don't sit there and leave these truck-width silences on the air, you feel like you're interacting with the game on another level because you listen to them. That's not, that's not to say they're Vin Scully. What's special about Vin Scully is that there's only one Vin Scully. But they're also not the guys on a lot of other shows. And if you have MLB TV, you can turn on the broadcast feeds of a lot of other teams. And these guys just sit there and you hear nothing for a while. And then you hear, and there's a foul ball. That's not a problem we have. We may not always <laughs> be happy with what we hear, but at least they're trying.
1: There you go. Reason number six: the Nick Marcakis moment that I had while running around in Manhattan. Um, that's a story uh, deep cut from Baltimoreans, but essentially uh, the moment of recognition that comes with seeing a another Orioles fan in enemy territory, picking up on what a few folks said uh, in the Twitter sphere and Charlie Hoppus um, from before.
0: Reason number five: the hex. Uh, If you've been to an Orioles game and watched The Oriole Bird, you know what the hex is. The hex is a a curse that the bird puts on opposing hitters with his hands, where he reaches out to them and he kind of waves his fingers at them and then pulls his hands back in a strike three, in a called strike three motion, much like an umpire just at the moment the pitch is thrown. And sometimes it works. (laughs) Reason number four,
1: a lot of people have written a lot of words about clubhouse culture, the Orioles actually have a clubhouse culture where it looks like it's fun to go to work every day and there's no fried chicken and beer problems. And I really appreciate that in a team
0: I root for. Reason number three, the Baltimore Sports Report Network, of which we are a proud member, as well as all of the other Orioles blogs, Orioles Twitter accounts, Orioles podcasts, uh, shout out to Oz Uncensored, shout out to I Hate J.J. Redick, uh, and all of these other independent, really interesting media outlets uh, that are comprised of people who are extremely passionate about this same top shout out to Utah Street Report for crying Mm -hmm. out loud. Uh, These other outlets who are inspired by this collective love of this team to get out there on the internet, create original content hold themselves to a very high standard of quality, and enrich the discussion around this team without the media filter that we would ordinarily have to deal with. I think it's really exciting, and it's one of the coolest things about being a baseball fan today. Reason number two, Jeremy Guthrie. <laughs> you had to get
1: Guthrie in there. Longtime listeners of this show know he's my favorite Oriole, but you might not know that that's because he represents the sort of person who will go out and continue fighting when the odds seem at their longest and in fact were at their longest for many,
0: many a year in many, many a losing team. And finally, reason number one uh, to be an Orioles fan for Alan and I is, if we may, all of you fine people. Okay, we did collaborate on that one. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning into this show every week or however often you listen to it. Um, it's been the most unimaginable elevation of the experience of being a passionate Orioles fan to get to share it with all of you in this format every week to get to interact with you back and forth on Twitter during games or over email um, to get to broaden our understanding of what this team and this sport means to you and and incorporate that with our own feelings and find this this new appreciation of it all it's just overwhelming. And I don't think Alan or I could ever have imagined things getting this far when we sat down to do it for the first time. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you very much for sharing it with us.
1: Thank you to the people who have listened to every episode, and thank you to the folks who are just joining us now because you tweeted at us for the 100th episode celebration. We really appreciate all of you out there and uh, look forward to continuing to watch games with you to listen to games with you, and to see you at Orioles Park at Camden Yards, or maybe when you come up and watch a Yankees game.
0: And on this note, uh, a number of you have sent us some really great non-100th episode-themed emails recently. We have read them, we love them, we appreciate them, and we will be getting to them in episode 101. Thank you very much for sending those. Because we are straight out of time! But there is one more thing I wanted to say. Alan.
1: Is it more sappiness? Because I don't think I can take any more sappiness.
0: No, no, it's a really important question.
1: Oh shit, okay, good.
0: What do you call Henry Erudia when his insides have been fermented into a natural healing beverage popular amongst the hippy-dippy types? I don't think I want to know the answer to this question. Henry Kombu Rudia cha. Boom!